0: You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Morning. Um, my, my wife, Emily, has been away for the last five days, okay? So I've been on... Uh, that's not funny. It's just what it is. The, the funny bit's going to... Ha- I'm going to tell a joke now. Um, my wife's been away for for five days... And um, she, uh, she's been in Texas. She went to see some friends out there. Um, and I had the wonderful uh, privilege of uh, parenting, solo parenting my, my children for the last five days. And, you know, I've been away a few times. And Emily's, Emily's done this numerous times before, right? This is very rare that I, I get to do this with just, just, the, uh, just the kids. And, and when, um, when I go away and I come back, I say, Emily, how was it? And she says, yes, it was great. It was fine. Everything went fine. It was, it was good. You know, Tuesday was difficult because this, that, and the other. And, you know, we had a bad, you know, evening, Monday. But, but, but generally, it was fine. It was great, okay? So when Emily goes away and she comes back, she says, how was it? And I say, look what I have achieved. <laughs> look and marvel at what I have achieved. I have vanquished the laundry. Uh, I have assembled the school lunches. All my children are alive with only minor injuries. Look on my works, you mighty in despair. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's a bit different, right? Uh, who's been to One Spark this week? You know, yeah? It's awesome. If you don't know what OneSpark is, OneSpark is a festival that's happening in, in, the, in downtown Jacksonville right now. It's the largest crowdsourcing festival in, uh, in the whole world. You might be wondering what a crowdsourcing festival is. That is uh, it's basically like Kickstarter, but like actually real. And um, what happens is, uh, is that businesses and inventors and artists and uh, creators, uh, startups in our city uh, get an opportunity to showcase their work showcase who they are and what they're doing to the whole city. And it's a wonderful thing. There's music, there's fun, there's entertainment as well. And you can go and, and vote for, for which you think's best and then they get prizes, okay? And this is an awesome thing that's happening in our city, OneSpark, right? Uh, and it, it finishes today. You can, you can go down this afternoon or this evening and, and check, out, uh, check it out if you've not seen it. And I went down on Friday, okay, while the kids were at school. And I went down on Friday and, and I hung around there and I walked around and I saw all the things going on. And uh, I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. I love what God is doing in this city. I love what God is doing in Jacksonville. I love seeing the creativity at the heart of our city, the, the prosperity that's growing, the, the growth, the, the diversity of our city. I loved it. And being around that and being around Spark, I, I kind of you know, had this sense that what, what, we, what we see there in, in the natural is a little glimpse of what God is doing in the supernatural. So what we saw, what we see at one spark in in the kind of blessing and creativity that he's bringing to our city, we see in the natural a glimpse of something else that's happening. And I want to share with you this morning, before we get into the sermon, I want to share with you a couple of of prophetic words and dreams that people have had for our church and for Jacksonville over the last uh, month or so, okay? These are really cool and I, I would love to share them with you. So, okay, here's the first one. Uh, a, A guy had this a couple of weeks ago. At the end of our worship night a few weeks ago, I had this impression that our worship had been like pushing a small rock down a hill. But this rock was rolling, collecting others, smaller and bigger, and then boulders, and pulling down the landscape, and everything around it and quickly became this giant landslide. I felt like something is happening in our church and in Jacksonville. Something huge is coming. In the moment, I was overwhelmed with this. It was glorious and dramatic, and my sense was the Lord wants people to get ready. Okay, so that was one prophetic word. And then um, a friend of mine had a couple of dreams recently. He shared them with me. and He says, this is what he said. Um, This is the first dream he had. I was standing next to the pier at Jack's Beach looking out towards the horizon and everything looked exactly as it does in real life and everything felt very familiar and as soon as i looked at the ocean the water began to rapidly recede away from the shore and as the water went out it exposed all kinds of rocks and fish the people swimming in the water were left standing on the ocean floor then in the distance i could see a rising wall of water the wall of water was mountainous too large to adequately describe as it grew towards the sky it raced towards the shore at first i felt a slight sense of fear then as I looked down the shore, I could, I could see in the distance people surfing this giant wave. This made the wave seem um, far less ominous, and the fear was replaced with a sense of epic awe and excitement. Then they had a follow-up dream two weeks later, and it said, In the dream, I was standing in the front yard of my home near downtown Jacksonville. The, the home stood on a small hill. In the dream, I knew it was my home, although it did not resemble my actual house. As I stood in the front yard, my wife and several close friends were all standing next to me and I could see again a giant wave of water moving inshore towards the city. Upon seeing this, I remembered previously having a dream about this event happening and I regretted not having told anybody about this dream. I should have told them, I thought. I should have told them so they could get ready. When we went into the house as the tidal wave approached, the wave passed and we went out into the front yard again. The house in the front yard had been encircled with flowing rivers of water on all sides. I remember having the distinct thought that the water had so drastically changed the landscape of the city, it was almost unrecognizable. My next thought again was that I should have told people about the dream so that they would have been prepared. Three weeks ago, we had our friends, Tom and Susie Brock, who are well known to us. Uh, They've been visiting here for years and years. And they came and they spent uh, a weekend with us. uh, Susie spoke fantastically to to the women at the women's brunch on Saturday morning. And then Tom and Susie came to share with our staff on on a Tuesday morning. And uh, Tom shared this same thing, this same sense that they'd had, that something is coming to Jacksonville. Something is happening. God is about to do a great work here. And that we need to be ready. And he challenged our staff, be ready, get ready. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how do we get ready, how do we position ourselves for God to do amazing things here in Jacksonville. Do I know what God's going to do? No, I don't. I don't know what it looks like. We've just seen these pictures, these dreams, these words to kind of give us hope and excitement. All I do know is that it will be powerful and it will be transformative and we will never be the same again. And this isn't just for the church, but it's for the whole city. And I'm not telling you this to kind of, kind of work up an excited frenzy, you know, like, hey, let's all get excited. That's not why I'm sharing this. Why I'm sharing this is that we would get about the diligent and patient work of preparing ourselves for the Lord, of setting ourselves apart. So that's what we're going to look at today. What does it mean to be prepared for God to move in power? Why don't we pray quickly? Father, your kingdom is here. And your kingdom is coming. Teach us what it means to be ready. Teach us what it means to have our eyes open and to be wholly devoted to you. Amen. Okay, so what we're going to look at today is that, as I was thinking about, you know, a character, what characters in the Bible, you know, are ready for God to move, and there are, there are lots I could have chosen, because you David, Samuel, John the Baptist, but um, I plumped for Gideon. Okay, so we're going to look at the story of Gideon this morning. Um, so, if you have Bibles, you want to turn, uh, open them up to Judges, chapter six, and I am deafened by the rustling of Bibles. <laughs> We have it on the screen, so it's okay. Okay, so chapter 6, let's read this. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Oprah Winfrey. I think that says. <laughs> that, well, that belonged to Joash the Abysserite. While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you, or am I not sending you? Okay, so I want to highlight a few things. Verse 11, you see Gideon is working in the wine press, okay? He's at work. One of the things we often believe about being ready for God is that we have to turn ourselves into monks and nuns to do to be ready for God, right? We have to kind of leave our job, we have to leave everything, we have to set everything aside and be wholly devoted to just waiting and praying and all that stuff. But here Gideon isn't, you know, in in that sense, putting himself aside. He is at work, going about his business, going about his... A normal daily routine and God finds him. In verse 13, um, he says, uh, this angel appears and he speaks to the angel and he says, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Gideon has this holy dissatisfaction with how things are. Gideon is not happy with the status quo. He is frustrated in, in the situation that the people of God find themselves in. He's longing for more. And then he goes on and he says this, where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? Gideon says this very bold thing. He says, where, angel of the Lord, angel of the Lord, where are his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? And right here you can see Gideon's desire to see the power of the Lord. Gideon's desire and his hunger is to see the power of the Lord. It had been 300 years since the Exodus. Okay? Now when we read the Bible, we, you know, we read, you know, oh here's Deuteronomy, or here's Joshua, and here's Judges, and we kind of think it just one flows into the other. But you know, the timeline is, is that Gideon, uh, th- this encounter here is 300 years after the Exodus. So 300 years have passed since, you know, everything that happened in Egypt and the Red Sea and then, you know, into the desert. And then 250 years since the walls of Jericho came down, okay, when they entered the promised land. And so for 250 years, they'd not really seen much of God at all. 250 years. But he'd heard stories, he'd heard the stories, he'd heard the stories time and time again, recounted to him. But Gideon wants to see with his own eyes he's heard the stories he loves the stories he loves what God did for his ancestors but he wants to see God move with his own eyes the first thing we need to have to be ready for when God moves is hunger and availability Gideon could not accept a life where he didn't see the power of God at work amongst the people of God. Gideon could not accept a life where he, he wasn't seeing the power of God. He had to see the power of God. This reminds me of Psalm 27, where David says, One thing I ask of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of God. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I seek. And then I love this verse. This verse has always stuck out to me. I love it. I remain confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remain confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The best way to feed hunger for God, the best way to feed hunger for God and to be ready for him to move is to just devour the word of God. Is to absolutely devour the word of God and that is to to read the Bible, to be pouring into scripture, to to have it with you. You know, I've got... iPhones create really bad habits, you know, in more ways than one. And they, one of the things it does is that, you know, I don't take my Bible anywhere anymore. You know, you just, you, you got it on your phone, so you just pull it out. And I've just, the thing about doing that is that my Bible has all these notes in, right? My Bible has all these things, that this, all this whole history of how God's spoken to me over, you know, the years since I bought this Bible. And so I, I've realized I've missed out on that. And there's things like, you know, you know, like, In your Bible, you you might not know where the passage is, but you know it's like kind of in the bottom left corner of the page, right? You know, and so you're kind of skipping through until you find the bottom left corner of the page where you know you might not even know what book it's in. You know, it's like I know there's this verse and I've underlined it, and it's when you just do your iPhones or, or your iPads or whatever, you miss out on all that, right? You miss out on that. So I've started to get into the habit of carrying my Bible with me, of having it there, having a physical, bound Bible. If your Bible is too uh, precious to write in, then throw it away and get another one. <laughs> get one you can write in. Get one you can pore over. Get one that you can adore. Get one that you can just love. Get one that you just know it inside out. If you want to feed hunger and availability, if you want to be ready for God to move, then just pour yourself into the Word of God. the word of, The Word of God is described in the Bible as a sword. In both Hebrews, and, and Paul describes it, when he's listing you know the, the armor of God, he says, it's, it's a sword. The word of God is, is the spirit, which is, the sword is the, is the spirit of God, which is the word of God. That's what it says. God is getting ready to move in Jacksonville. And part of what's gonna happen is he's gonna move you into the battle. And you don't wanna be in the battle without your sword. You don't want to get into the battle without your sword. You want to have it. You want to have it ready. And you can get it, you can have it, you can start sharpening it now. I encourage you to do so, Do that. One of, the, one of the best ways to feed hunger is to get into the word. There's a fascinating thing that happens here. And if you know your Bible, you you might see this, like, most of the times when an angel appears to someone, okay, so an, so an angel's appeared to Gideon, most of the times when an angel appears t- to someone, what's the first thing that the angel says? He says, do not be afraid, right? He says, do not be afraid. But not here, he doesn't say that here. And I was thinking, I was like, Lord, why, why doesn't he say that here? And, and, I, and I felt all like the Lord say this, is that Gideon was ready. Gideon was ready. Gideon had been praying to see angels. Gideon had been praying to see the word of God, the the power of God, the experience of God. This was his hunger. This is what he wanted. He wanted to see, and he was ready. I heard this great quote this week, okay? I love this quote, and it was, availability is the best ability, okay? Availability is the best ability. And I loved it, and it it really spoke to me. I I know uh, a couple of weeks ago, when Tom was speaking, he quoted Dostoevsky, Um, uh, that quote is not from Dostoevsky that is from uh, T. Wig who is um, one of the presenters on 1010XL Sports Radio and he was talking about Marquise Lee the uh, Jaguars second year wide receiver but he said this availability is the best ability and I loved it I thought I'm taking that screw Dostoevsky I'm having T. Wig (laughs) availability is the best ability Being available, being hungry, being ready for God to move. Okay, so let's move on. We're going to skip through this story, okay? So if you want to go back, we haven't got time to read it all, um, so you might want to skip back and read all of Judges 6, 7, and 8, which is the whole story of Gideon. But we're going to skip ahead to Judges 6, okay? So in Judges 6, it says this. When the men... It was a different version, so I'll read it off here. Okay, in the morning, when the people of the town got up, they were both... There was Baal's altar, demolished with the Asherah pole beside it, cut down, and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated it, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son, he must die, because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal?" Baal's cause are you trying to save him whoever fights for him shall be put to death by mourning if Baal really is God he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar so because Gideon broke down Baal's altar they gave him the name Jerabal that day saying let Baal contend with him so before the bat, we're going to get to a battle in a minute okay before the battle this is what Gideon does he tears down the idols. Before the battle, Gideon tears down the idols. One of the ways to get ready for God to move in Jacksonville and River City Church and in your life is right now to begin to tear down your idols. What have you tolerated in your life? What has become normal? What has become routine and habit and it really shouldn't? What has become normal in your life that really shouldn't? What is it that's stealing your time from God? What is it that's draining your time from God? What is it that is numbing you to the voice of God? Ask yourself that question right now. Let's just take a moment. You might want to close your eyes. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Ask this question to the Holy Spirit. Lord, what is numbing me from hearing your voice? What is deafening me from hearing your voice? What is it that I've tolerated in my life and that right now I need to tear down? Just let him lead you. Let him speak to you. Now ask the Holy Spirit to show you how do I tear this down? Holy spirit how do I tear this down what do I have to do holy spirit be ruthless holy spirit be decisive what do I need to do now I don't know what that is for you it might be cutting up the credit card it might be canceling the netflix subscription it might be you know putting a child lock on your phone it might be you know selling everything it might be i don't know it will be different for each of you okay it will be different for each of you but the holy spirit will lead you to tear down your idols and do not fool yourself to think that you don't have them they, there aren't things in your life that are stealing your time away from god that are draining you that are making you numb what what is god asking you to do to tear down your your idols one of one of the cool things about the uh the the renovate course we're going to do is we're going to look a little bit at that some of our some of our histories um, some of our presents and some of our futures. And, and, um, and if you're a guy, I just really recommend uh, you, you coming on that course. And this will, that will help you with this thing, tearing down your idols. Because the thing is, a move of God, right? I've, I, I would say in my life I have seen God move uh, in, in the kind of way that we've been, you know, these prophecies are speaking of and we feel like he's coming to Jacksonville. I think I've seen two moves of God like that in my life before. okay? One when I was a teenager and one about 10 years ago okay and the thing about moves of god is that they're messy enough as it is right i mean it the lord just comes and he does something dramatic does something powerful things are never the same it's change it's disruption it's transformation that's that's always like kind of messy right so it's kind of it just all happens really quickly you know and that's what it looks like and you don't want to be dealing with this stuff in the middle of that you don't want to be dealing with that this stuff in the middle of that so right now you have an opportunity to get ready Get ready for what God is doing. Tear down the idols. You know, you don't want to be dealing with all that mess, the, the mess of the idols, when the mess of like, the kingdom of God is coming, right? You don't want to be dealing with two at the same time. So it's just my encouragement to you. Okay, moving on, Judges 7. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lapped the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneeled down to drink. Uh, 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. The third thing we can do to get ready for the Lord to move is we need to practice reckless obedience to God. Just reckless, careless, do everything he asks you to do right away obedience. Do not delay. Do not hold back. When Tom came, uh, Tom Brock came and shared with our staff, he said this thing. He said, delay the delayed obedience is often disobedience which was an interesting thought delayed obedience is often disobedience and I think there's a lot of truth in that learn right now how to be reckless in your obedience what is it that he's asking you to do and do it like what, you know. As Ali was saying, we've just come to the end of the first quarter of 2015, and right in January 2015, I bet most of you made you know would, were praying and talking to the Lord and say, Lord, tell me what I need to do in 2015. Lord, tell me what I need to do. What do I need to do? And I, I imagine for a lot of you, a lot of us, you know, we've not done <laughs> what He asked us to do just three months ago. Why? why what's stopping us what's delaying us let's get about it let's get about the business of god if god's told you to do something do it this happens to me all the time i meet with people you know one of the responsibilities i have in the church is that i look after the discipleship of the church so they like small groups and stuff like that okay and i meet with people all the time they say god has told me i need to start a group and i meet with them and, they, and i said yes i confirm that god is saying that let's go ahead and do it and then you know three months later six months later they haven't done it and um I'm not calling anyone out. You know, this, this just happens. To, I do this, everyone does this, okay? This is this, it's just what happens. But don't delay. If God's told you to do something, do it. If he's told you to start a business, go ahead and start it. If he's told you that you need to be you know, writing more songs, you need to be doing that painting that you love, you need to be doing that sculpture that you love, you need to be um, getting out and doing that hobby, you need to be reaching those people, you need to start that ministry. If God has told you you need to do this, get up and do it. Get up and do it. Don't delay. Be reckless in your obedience. Whenever I read this... Um, oh, that goes like that. That's nice. Um, Makes me sound more authoritative. As if the accent wasn't enough. Okay, so... Um, whenever I read this... Uh, whenever I read this passage of Gideon where... you know, It's, it's amazing, isn't it? When he, na- he whittles down the army from 22,000 down to like 300, okay? Whenever... I read this passage the same thought crosses my mind and that and it's this if the lord if the lord was to choose 300 people to transform jacksonville would i be one of them if the lord was to choose 300 people to transform jacksonville would i be one of them and I don't say that to mean like, oh, have I made the grade or have I reached the st- I don't mean that at all. I don't mean, you know, it's all grace, isn't it? The Lord's not saying, oh, here, I'm picking the 300 best people. No, I'm, I'm, it's not about that. It's about, am I even hungry and available and ready? It's not about, am I good enough? Because I'm not good enough. You know, it's all grace, right? Isn't it? It's all grace. Whoever God uses, it's always grace. It's always him. It's always his power. if God was to choose 300 people to transform their city would I be one of them? And, And behind that question is a series of other questions isn't it? It's am I a lukewarm Christian? Am I a lukewarm Christian? Am I playing games in my faith? Am I playing games? Am I going through the motions or is this real for me? What am I really here for? Why do I come here every Sunday? Why am I doing this? Is it because it's good for me and I like it? Is it because I should, I know I should be here and I know I should be part of what God's doing here and and so I, I get on board because of that? Or is it because I just have to be about the business of the kingdom of God? I just have to be about the business of the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit always uses this story to to speak to me in this way. There, there are about 300 people in this room right now. It's all it takes, not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit. The 300 people in this room could leave a mark on this city in a way that this city would be unrecognizable. If only we're ready, if only we are hungry, we're available, and that we are reckless in our obedience to God. Do you want to be one of those 300? I mean, he's going to use more. He's going to use more than just River City Church. He's coming to his whole church in Jacksonville. He's going to just do, I mean, it's going to be more than 300, but metaphorically. Do you want to be one of the ones that the Lord sets aside to do his great work, to send into battle? Or are you just comfortable? Do you even want that? Ask yourself that question. Do you even want that? Do you even, do you even want to be one of the ones that he sends into battle for his kingdom here in Jacksonville? Because often I don't. Anyway, often I don't want that. Often I just want my life to be a bit easier. I mean, that's kind of like the the great goal, isn't it? Like this week when I was looking after the kids, the goal was like: make sure they eat their dinner, <laughs> get them into bed watch espn and you know that was the the goal right and so often so much of our lives you know we can we can exist day to day with that kind of level of goal in our life right you know the that's just, what i want to see is just my, my my kids in bed fed and um and, and that's a good thing to have i mean they need feeding and they and they darn well need to sleep and you know it's it's good it's good those things are good it's all it's all good but you know, when you're doing that day after day, time after time, week after week, month after month, you can forget. You can forget. You can lose sight. You can stop being ready. Gideon never stops being ready. He's about his work in the wine press, he's going about doing these things. Nothing, God's not done anything for 250 years, really. I'm sure he has, but we don't see it. And yet he's ready, he's hungry, he's alert. The angel appears and he's not afraid. He's not afraid because he's ready. His heart is ready. His heart has yearned and longed and cried out to see an angel. He, his, his heart has, has longed to see God move in power and guess what he gets to see? He gets to see a powerful, miraculous victory in Israel. That's what he gets to see and he's ready let's just stand one of the things that goes on just before the battle Gideon hears um, the the Midianites uh, talking about a dream that one of them had right uh, that the Lord is going to destroy them and de- you know deliver them over to Gideon and, and Gideon hears this dream, and then from that point on, he just has utter confidence in, that the Lord's going to win this battle. And that's kind of what prophecy, prophetic words do. They instill confidence in us that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. That he's going to move in your life and in, the, in, and in the life of this church and in the life of this city in such a powerful way. These are such exciting times to, to, to be here. Worship this morning was just insane. It, it, I, just, I experienced the presence of God like just so powerfully in worship this morning. It, I, 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 I looked around and I saw This was the same for many people. But do you know that's just the start? Do you know it's just the start? It's just a glimpse of what God's bringing to this city. A wave is coming. And we need to be ready. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, move Lord we are your people and we hunger to see your kingdom here Come, Holy Spirit. Prepare us now. Do whatever you have to do. Refine us, fire calm. Refine us, consume us. Burn in us anything that needs burning. Refine us in every way that needs refining. Discipline us in any way we need disciplining. Love us and bless us and encourage us in every way we need encouraging. Lord, we want to receive from you today. This isn't about reaching a standard. This is about... Making yourself available. Holy Spirit, I want to be ready. I want to be alive. I want to be awake. When we sang that song earlier, you know, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Just as soon as we sang that line, awaken my heart. Awaken. That's what I pray for this morning. That's what I was praying for this morning. God, come awake.